Good morning. Today we'll be reading excerpts from Proverbs chapters 9, 12, 16, 17, 18, 21, 26, 27, and 28. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer, or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. A a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into the fool. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing to you today and that the words of my mouth would be pleasing to you. Uh, May I speak your truth. May we listen to what you have said. Amen. Just a reminder to you, as we are almost halfway through our study of the Proverbs this fall, just a reminder to you that I am not an expert in parenting, but far from it. I am a sinner, and we all need grace, and we all need wisdom as we disciple children, teach children, and parent the next generation. But you know, one major theme of the Proverbs that is a deep concern uh, for its authors is how we communicate. So communication is a big theme within the Proverbs. For example, and I think this sums it all up, Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. You can take that in a positive and in a negative sense. Speech matters to the wise because God's words are true, because God's words give life. And so a wise person heeds what she says. A wise person is thoughtful about when he speaks and when he is silent. So the the MIT sociologist and psychologist Sherry Turkle A few years ago, in 2015, published a book called Reclaiming Conversation. Very helpful uh, for what we're experiencing in today's world regarding technology and its impact on how we communicate and relate to one another. And she said in in 2015 that over the last 15 years, so back to the mid-1990s, there was a 40% decline in the markers for empathy among college students. Did you hear that? 40% decline in young adults' ability to have empathy, which basically means you are able to somehow 
understand, uh, process and feel what somebody else is going through. 40% decline. It's a trend, she said, that researchers link to the new presence of, guess what? Digital communications. And she wrote that time and simulation, she says simulation as in a virtual friendship, virtual communications through social media and the internet. She says time and simulation gets children ready for more time and simulation. Time with people teaches children how to be in a relationship beginning with the ability to have a conversation. And she said that conversation is on the path toward the experience of intimacy, community, and communion. Healthy families have intimacy, community, and communion. So do healthy churches, by the way. It's always been easy for human beings to use words to harm one another. We have always been experts as using communication to hurt one another. So that's nothing new. But you know, today's parents do have the new challenge for the first time in history of navigating the digital universe for our children, but also for ourselves, right? The, 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 it's not simply that we are trying to disciple and shepherd young human beings to know how to survive in a digital age. We're trying to figure it out ourselves. We are still learning this ourselves, which makes it very tricky for parenting and for discipleship. So uh, our children, ourselves, the internet, digital media, you know, the internet and digital media have basically upped the ante in the last 25 years in the challenge of being able to parent and disciple and teach the next generation. It's getting harder. Now this topic, communication, is overwhelming. It's just exhausting to think about, right? So we're just gonna focus on one aspect of it. Cultivating wise speech. Whether you're in conversation, or you're in a conflict, or you're dealing with discipline, you're trying to discipline a young person or a young child, uh, or in trying to navigate digital media and social media, cultivate wise speech. Words that glorify God. Now remember, we said that wisdom is basically the ability to make a good choice that glorifies God. Okay, so words that glorify God are words that benefit the people around us. Not primarily or simply ourselves. Wise words benefit the people around you. We're going to talk about the healing impact of wise speech. And we're going to talk about the discernment that you need to possess and offer wise speech. And we're going to even talk about the salvation that wise speech brings to us. So the healing of wise speech, the discernment of wise speech, and the salvation that wise speech brings. Wise speech brings healing in a world where careless talk wounds us again and again. Wisdom's, uh, wisdom helps us say what is healing and fortifying and beneficial for one another. 
So again, the Proverbs, chapter 12. There is one whose rash words, we talked about this with the kids this morning, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Think about, throughout history, the teachers and the sages of humanity. Think about the prophets and the philosophers, how they all reveal wisdom by cooking, swimming, Words, speech. Wisdom is revealed through speech. And that's what separates us from all the other creatures is the rational ability to communicate language. Think of your favorite teacher growing up, or, or right now if you're young. Think of your favorite teachers, your favorite coaches, your favorite aunt, your favorite uncle. Didn't they have a way of using words with you? Didn't they know the right thing to say to you? The, the, they could make you laugh, or, or they just had a way of encouraging you. Most of our favorite people, the people who have impacted us positively in life, had a way with words. And so the Proverbs in chapter 16 tell us that gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. And we learn, not only from the Proverbs, but actually even modern science has, has proven this. Wise speech not only benefits the soul, wise speech enhances a person's mental and physical health. Does it not? There is a way of communicating to one another, especially to young people and to children, that builds them up. There's a way of talking to your brothers and your sisters, or to your wife, or to your husband, that builds them up. And so the Apostle Paul could say to the church in Ephesus, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. When a lot of our kids were, were young, Becky had this saying, it came from a, a children's song, but it, it comes from Ephesians 4, and she would say something like, did what you just say to your sister build her up or tear her down? And that's what we have to ask ourselves, and that's the mood that we should be trying to cultivate in our households. Are the words we are speaking tearing each other down or building one another up? See, wisdom works both ways. The wise not only speak goodness, they listen to goodness. The wise do, don't just simply think, well, everybody be quiet because I have something important to say and you're going to like it. No, the wise also say, I'm going to be quiet for a minute because I'm assuming that you have something that is beneficial for me to hear because I don't know everything. Indeed, most philosophers and wise people throughout the world over history have said that, that the essence of wisdom is to understand that you don't understand everything. You don't know everything. And actually, it was Tremper Longman in his commentary on the Proverbs, very good commentary, he says that the ability, the ability to hear and respond in an honest way to criticism is crucial to positive personal growth. He said, there is no growth in wisdom without acknowledgement of one's errors. Uh, so I'll put myself on the spot. Years ago, uh, when about halfway through my college years, it was right before the time that Becky and I started dating. Um, I didn't ask for your permission, but this is okay. 
because you tell it. You tell everybody this story, so it's fine. <laughs> Half of them may know it already. Um, right before we started dating, we knew each other. Um, Becky challenged me on something. Uh, she kind of stopped me in the hallway in, in some dormitory, and, and she said, I, I, I just wanted to talk to you. Um, and, and she challenged me. She gently rebuked me about the way I was using humor. Can you imagine that, me trying to use humor? She challenged me that the way I was using humor on campus was actually in mockery of people behind their backs. She challenged me that the way I was using humor was actually tearing people down. Um, and by God's grace, I, it was a little awkward. It was actually, it was the first intimate, real conversation we ever had with each other, was, was that moment. Um, it was a bit awkward, but um, I, I listened, by God's grace. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the motto of our relationship for those early years was Proverbs 9, 8, rebuke a wise man and he will love you. <laughs> now, um, we know that it's true that gracious speech is not always pleasant, right? Because it, Proverbs does describe gracious speech as a honeycomb, but it doesn't, always, it doesn't always feel sweet going down, does it? We know that gracious speech is not always pleasant, and we know that sometimes the speech that can heal you is first going to hurt you. People say the truth will, Jesus said the truth will set you free. Somebody also said that's true, but first the truth will piss you off. So why speech requires discernment. You have to know when to say something. You have to know how to say it. You even have to know to whom you should say it. Wisdom is proven by its response to correction. Wisdom is revealed in a person based on how they respond to constructive criticism. You want to know if somebody's wise, watch them when they are given correction and see how they respond. Proverbs chapter 9 again, same verse, do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Another verse, uh, Proverbs 17.10, a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. So a wise adult assesses the value and the risk of speaking truth to a child. What an older child may be ready to digest, a younger child may not be able to. What words may be given to one child based on his or her own temperament, personality, may not be received well if spoken exactly the same way to a sibling with a totally different personality and temperament. So a wise parent, a wise disciple maker, assesses the risk and the value of words and how they are spoken. Even Jesus said something about this in his Sermon on the Mount. 
Matthew chapter seven, don't give dogs what is holy and don't throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now hold on, I'm not calling your precious children pigs and dogs. If you take what Jesus' point is and apply it to parenting, this is what he's saying. If you rebuke a foolish child unwisely, you will make the situation worse. That really matters when your child hits puberty. So start practicing right now when they're little. Discernment. Learn to use speech for the good of your children. Learn to withhold speech for the good of your children. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. You know, the, when an ancient Chinese sage, a couple of few hundred years after the Proverbs in Israel, uh, basically said, uh, speech exhausts people, right? So, like, constant talk will exhaust you, so it's, you're better off just holding your tongue. That's a, pra- that's a paraphrase, of course. Wisdom knows when silence is actually better than words. On my old uncle's uh, garage wall, this is in the 1990s in Brooklyn, New York, uh, uh, in the midst of all his tools hanging on his garage wall, there was a piece of paper with sayings on it that he had just nailed to the wall, like just interesting quotes. And, and none of them had sources. I've even Googled this one quote. I can't, I can't find a legitimate source for it, so I'll just chalk it up to him for now. Uh, but it was this, and I, from the age of 15 or so, 14, I, I never forgot it, Intelligence is like a river. The deeper it flows, the less noise it makes. You know, if our children always hear from us, they will always wish we'd just shut up. If our children never hear from us, they may never learn wisdom. So we need discernment. discernment. Wise speech requires discernment. You know, foolish communication glorifies the self. It's the simplest way to talk about being foolish with our words. It glorifies the self. You see this word in the Proverbs, the scoffer. You've heard it already today, right? The scoffer, another translation for that is is the mocker. This is somebody who uses words to hurt, who uses words in pride and with foolishness. And again, Tremper Long, the, the Old Testament scholar Tremper Longman says that a scoffer or a mocker is basically a fool who opens his mouth. And so if you read Proverbs 18, we learn two things. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. You know exactly the kind of person I'm talking about. They just keep talking to you, they keep talking to you, they keep talking to you, they never shut up. You learn all about what they think about the world and politics and the church and this and automobiles and and you walk away from the conversation going, "I, I didn't get two words in. Proverbs 18, 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. One of U2's lyrics is, it's hard to listen while you preach. And Tim Keller said when he gave lectures on preaching, I'll never forget this, he says, you want to be a better preacher, become a better counselor, become a better listener. 
because you have nothing to say to people if you haven't been listening first. Every parent, every teacher must listen in silence sometimes because you know, silent listening is where wisdom is found. That is where understanding comes from, not in talking and telling everybody what you know, but in listening, in silence. Out of listening in silence is where understanding comes and bears fruit as we finally say something wise. Wise parenting balances fitting speech with purposeful silence. You see, without wisdom, we could say a careless thing to a child. Without wisdom, we might fail to say the needed thing that a child needs to hear. Communication, I think you can boil it all down to this. Uh, Communication is harmful when we are speaking out of selfishness. Communication is harmful when we are using silence out of selfishness. James in the New Testament would write these remarkable words. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. James said that the tongue is set among our members, meaning it's just this little part of our body, but it stains the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. And then listen to this, set on fire by hell. Go back to Genesis chapter three, humanity's fall, Adam and Eve's sin, and the consequences, and you will discover that Satan, the serpent, used, he first used speech, he used his mouth to confuse humanity. Just like Saruman, right? Gandalf saying, don't listen to his voice. He has a way with words. And so the serpent used speech to confuse Adam and Eve, and then what? to divide them and ultimately to alienate them from their heavenly father. And that really is the story of human history, confusion, division, and alienation. And that is what the world will teach our children. Confusion, division, alienation, all because of how we communicate, how we use words, how we post how we respond to conflict, what we say to one another, what we don't say to one another. That is what they will learn. That is what they're learning right now. Confusion, division, alienation. Unless by your words and your example, you point them to a better way. Words born from wisdom bring salvation. This is literally true, the Bible says. One of the fruits of wisdom is humility. Blessed are the meek, Jesus said, for they will inherit the earth. Humility, you know? Knowing when you don't know everything. Knowing that you don't know everything. Humility, knowing that you have spoken careless words. Knowing that you have withheld wise words when you needed to say something. And so Proverbs 28 verse 13 says that whoever conceals his transgression, will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Do you see that? The word of God is calling you today to confess your rash words. The spirit of God today is calling you to 
Confess your cowardly silence. But we are confessing these things to a God who promises to show us mercy and forgive us. Here's how we know that our sinful parenting is redeemable. Here's how we know that our sinful parenting is forgivable. Here's how we know that we can be forgiven for the words we should have never spoken to young people, for the words that we should have spoken and did not have the courage or the presence of mind to do so. The Apostle John told us in the first chapter of his gospel that the word, did you hear that? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he tells us also that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus, the wisdom of God in human form, spoke truth to us, spoke forgiveness to all who are willing to follow him, to all who are willing to trust him and not trust their own words, not trust their own wisdom, but trust ultimately in his wisdom, which means trusting ultimately in his words to parent, to disciple. Jesus spoke truth and forgiveness to us. And you know something else he did? Jesus in his silence, this is so amazing. In his silence, Jesus brought us salvation by his sacrificial death as the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Read Isaiah chapter 53, verse seven, where we are told that the servant of God was silent when he went to his death, was silent like a lamb who is led to the slaughter. And so we learn that Jesus, the wisdom of God, used wisdom in what he said and used wisdom in what he wouldn't say when it mattered the most. His wise words and his timely silence brought you salvation. Now you show your children that that is more important to you than anything else. And then when you say the wrong thing to them and when you fail to say the right thing to them, grace covers a multitude of sins. And that is your lifeline as a parent who's following Jesus. The grace of God covers a multitude of our sins as parents and grandparents and disciple makers and educators. Words that glorify God are words that benefit the people around us. Words matter. Language matters. Speech communicates. And Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Let's pray. Our great God, uh, we confess to you uh, the, the timidity, uh, the foolishness of our words or our silence. Father, we confess that we are far from perfect and that we have used our words uh, to cut one another. Uh, we have uh, failed to speak when words were needed. Father, we put all hope and trust in the living word, the written word, and your son. Thank you that he knew just what to say. Thank you that he used words to bless and that when they were hard to hear, they were intended for good. 
Thank you that when it mattered the most, when our forgiveness depended upon his sacrificial death, he said nothing but was silent. Oh Lord, thank you that salvation is found alone in the words of our Savior. May we listen to them. 